Welcome to BIV Today, the daily business news podcast from Business and Vancouver Newspaper and BIV.com. I'm Tyler Orton, and we're going to have a chat today about the venture capital investment environment here in British Columbia right now, I guess specifically with regards to some of the smaller tech companies that might still be operating maybe a little under the radar. And on today's show, I'd like to welcome Maria Pacella. She's Senior Vice President of Private Equity at Pender Fund Capital Management here in Vancouver. Maria, thanks for joining us on the show. Thank you very much for having me. Okay, so maybe there's a bit of a focus that you have right now, or at least a a strong interest in what you call inflection stage companies. Uh, Tell me a little bit about what this is and what it entails. Absolutely. And it very much ties to what you just mentioned, uh, those companies that exist right here in our backyard that are under the radar. So these are companies that um, have commercialized often one, at least one product, um, which really gives an indication of product market fit, but they're still trying to figure out how to scale. And what that means is they've likely de-risked some of the early risk in early stage companies, which is, does the technology work uh, or the product um, work? And is there a ready market for it? So when you have some early indications of customer partner revenue, um, that gives a strong indication that they've hit or validated that product market fit. So at this point, they're looking for some capital here uh, to get going. What are some of the things that maybe from your side of the business you're looking at to ensure that it's going to be a wise investment? Absolutely. So uh, chances are, if they're kind of at this stage between product market fit and scalability, that does mean they're probably not cash flow positive yet, uh, let alone profitable, and are out looking for money. Um, So we're really looking for those proof points. Do they truly understand what drives their business, what drives revenue, what drives their costs, and therefore uh, how much money do they need to raise and what they're going to be using it for? Um, So the more understanding they have of their general ecosystem um, and of what drives their customers to buy uh, for how much and how long it takes to sell um, is key in what we look for. Have you ever had a situation where everything looks good on paper? You sit down and maybe you wonder about the cultural fit between your your organization and theirs? Uh, absolutely. Um, you know, at this stage and arguably at every stage um, of the business, it's all about the people, um, but particularly at the early stage. Um, so companies uh, often come with very lofty uh, expectations and that uh, famous hockey stick growth. Uh, as you often see with technology companies. Um, But what really matters um, are the people around the table. And do we believe that they can uh, maneuver, uh, pivot, uh, withstand uh, the ups and downs, uh, which is just part of growing a new business, particularly in a new technology or new space. Um, So we often do a lot of uh, almost cultural uh, assessments or management assessments prior to going into an investment. We uh, get to know the companies early. Um, it is uh, a little bit like dating. So we spend a lot of time with the companies, letting them get to know us as well, uh, because we do see ourselves as long-term partners in the business. Uh, and we spend, uh, and then once we make that investment, we also continually spend a lot of time with the team, helping them grow, because uh, often the kind of people um, or skills and experiences, uh, uh, skill sets with people that you need in the early days is quite different um, than when a company is growing, uh, you know, above 10 million, above 100 million. You say it's a little bit like dating, so presumably you'd want to have more than just a cup of coffee before you pull out a ring. It's kind of like getting married to a company, right? Uh, absolutely. So. Uh, 
on average, uh, we probably get to know companies a good two, three years before we actually invest. And, you know, it's in our best interest. It's all about building the ecosystem here in Vancouver and and BC. Um, And so if we can help them get to those proof points, it's in our own best interest uh, to do that um, and help build up um, the opportunity set and pipeline of potential investments for us in the future. Well, maybe let's talk a little bit about what's going on in BC right now. Maybe the health of the landscape and investment. Uh, what, what is popping out to you as maybe some of those companies that are really kind of uh, sparking interest right now? Uh, absolutely. There's, you know, BC has always had a good, solid uh, technology industry, and that's really born from um, some couple key uh, tenants in the um, industry here. So a couple of companies, um, MDA uh, back in the day was responsible for a lot of spin out companies, uh, Creo as well. And it's not just spin out companies, it's talent. Uh, and you need those kind of anchor companies, much the way the Silicon Valley originally developed. Um, Seems so- like, like every fourth person I speak to was at Creo at one point. <laughs> That's is, right. Is, yeah. is that not the case? I don't uh, know. It probably is. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and they're now on to their second, third yeah. <laughs> uh, startups. And then, of course, we have great um, education institutions, um, UBC, SFU, um, a whole bunch of others, and then also great centers of research, uh, particularly on the medical side, I would say, here in BC. So BC Cancer, our, our genome, um, BC uh, Genome, et cetera, that uh, really kind of help help spur innovation, talent, et cetera. Um, so I think we're particularly strong in BC. Obviously, quantum computing seems to be uh, huge. Uh, obviously, there's D-Wave, the, really the first commercial quantum computing um, in the world. Um, and then we have uh, an institute now at UBC that focuses on um, uh, quantum as well. Um, and then a few other companies in that area. We're really strong in health and health sciences. Uh, I think we have a lot of innovation um, around the convergence of health and technology, and that's uh, one of our big themes and interested uh, in areas that we're interested in investing in. Our first two investments are in that area, um, in in our new fund. Uh, so there's you know just a whole host of talent um, and and you know new companies, and of course, uh, speaking to the under the radar. Uh, uh, situation uh, Slack right is a company right. that was was right here in Vancouver. I think so, some people still don't know that it was a co- Vancouver company um, and a great public success story. I try to promote that every time I write a story <laughs> about Slack. I, I yeah. always write Vancouver founded Slack or Vancouver right. Stuart Butterfield is the CEO of like this company that, that like if you look at the valuation that they have right now, it's spectacular. That's kind of emerging from somewhere like Vancouver. Absolutely. Right. And, and Flickr was his one before yeah. that, both of which, by the way, started out as gaming companies and, and pivoted to, I think that's a great story and happens more often than not. Um, so we, we tend to be, um, you know, not beat our chests um, about our su- local success here, but there's a lot of those stories. And even if a company, you know, tech company today and actually any company really needs to think globally today. Um, and so, you know, even if a significant part in Slack's case, I think over half the company now is in the U.S., that's not, that's still a success story. You know, you have to, your customers are, are global. You have to go where the talent is. Uh, you're likely a distributed team around the world today. And, and that's still, I consider, a success story. Yeah. What is kind of maybe the, the benefit of having a tech company based in Vancouver versus, say, the Silicon Valley? I, I've heard some of the you know attributes that is pulling a lot of these Silicon Valley companies up to Vancouver to look around and, and see why maybe they'd want to have some operations here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so 
besides the talent equation, which we have great technical talent coming out of our schools, um, we have a great immigration policy, um, especially right now, vis-a-vis um, -vis our southern neighbors. And um, really, there is a lot of data around how new immigrants are a big part of the entrepreneurial spirit and culture in, in, in countries. Um, we also have a lot of favorable um, tax credits and tax regime around starting companies in Canada. So there's a certain tax credit available for R&D spending. Um, that's quite significant in the early days of a company, um, really important to be able to save money in that way. Um, it's relatively easy to kind of start, uh, incorporate and just start up uh, a company here. Uh, I would say on the flip side, you know, it's a little bit tough now in Vancouver with the cost of living. Uh, I feel sure. you there. Feel <laughs> yeah. You. yeah, we all feel that, right? And, and even Toronto, so major centers, that's a challenge. Um but that's not dissimilar to the Silicon Valley. So, you know, I think in general too, it, you know, BC, Vancouver is a good place to live. So if you're raising a family, that kind of stuff matters to good talent. You have to provide an environment um, that people enjoy living in. Uh, the average tenure of a, an engineer in the Silicon Valley is less than a year. So that makes it quite difficult to build um, a good culture, a long-term sustaining company when you have such high turnover. Um, I think that's less uh, the case here. Um, people want to live here um, and, and build a life here. And, um, and there's no reason why we can't build great global companies from here um, with a dedicated workforce. Well, speaking of that, maybe kind of building out the technology sector here in Vancouver, I, I guess last fall we had confirmation that the digital technology supercluster was going to be based uh, here uh, they're calling it Canada's digital technology supercluster, but for all intents and purposes, this is going to be kind of the center point of it. What do you think about the potential for maybe some of these smaller stage companies to be partnering up with some of the larger ones and maybe what that could do for maybe their growth and stimulating a lot of these products that they're trying to get out to market by going with some of these bigger guys and, and trying to you know bounce off of each other? Yeah, absolutely. That is a great initiative of the federal government. And I, I actually think we are uh, quite far ahead, even in BC, uh, on our supercluster in initiative versus some of the other the other ones across the country. Um, and that's thanks to Sue Pesh and, and Bill Tam. Um, so I think it's a great initiative for the smaller companies to partner up to, with the bigger ones. In fact, uh, an example would be Clarius, um, who's in the ultrasound scanner um, app and cloud business. Um, it's a great way for them to access um, digital data that um, would not otherwise be easily accessible to a small startup um, in Burnaby, BC. Um, and, and full disclosure, uh, you're an investor yes. there and you, you sit on the board too, correct? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, and there's lots of those examples as well, um, where uh, the projects that the supercluster funds, um, supports, uh, puts together, uh, really brings out some of the best uh, resources that we already have here in BC with a, having a public healthcare system, um, you know, four different health authorities. There's a whole bunch of great uh, intelligence and data sitting in uh, a lot of these health authorities that we could be using to further benefit um, not only the, the companies themselves and making great products, but making great products for our very own um, people here um, with regards to the health.
Like I'm genuinely excited as a reporter to start seeing like what's going to be coming out of this super cluster in the upcoming years. Like it's going to be a lot of fun, but you were talking about kind of the health side of things. And I think for a long time, you look at the Broadway corridor, that's going to be where a lot of the life sciences sorts of things are going to be based, a lot of the health technology stuff. We're also seeing maybe Surrey, the Innovation Boulevard emerge. Uh, what do you think about kind of the idea of these guys working as maybe competitors or more as partners to just help, I guess, this particular sector flourish here in British Columbia? Yeah, we do have a lot of uh, sort of different, you know, innovation hubs, um, I'll call them, whether they're accelerators at the different universities um, or, or one-offs around town. Um, I do think uh, there is a certain amount of uh, collaboration that always is really, really good for any ecosystem to develop. Um, and that's really, frankly, uh, the success of the Silicon Valley. Um, and there's no reason why we can't build that um, anywhere in the world. Um, and it really comes down to building that culture of actually collaboration. Um, you know, to a certain extent, I'm sure there's always going to be some competitive, ten healthy, hopefully competitive tension, uh, maybe with regards to, you know, acquiring talent or something. But for the most part, we are... Um, so nascent overall to where I think we can become that I think collaboration should be quite easy for us and working together, um, I think, uh, will just get us further ahead. Um, and, and how we do that, of course, is a big question. I do think uh, if we're competing against the same sort of resources in terms of like a pot of money, um, that's not so productive. We should probably work together, um, particularly if it's you know public funding, um, as is the case with a lot of the accelerators. So tell me a little, what kind of drew you into this industry, though? I mean, it's a very exciting time, especially here in Vancouver. But uh, tell me about why this is something that really, you know, gripped you. How did you get into it? Well, so I actually, my background is finance. Um, I started out in investment banking, um, doing mergers and acquisitions, working at, uh, you know, a big bank. Um, I quickly realized I was a little less interested in simply the financial transaction um, and I realized what really makes the success of a business is not simply the money equation. It is really more about truly understanding uh, that your customers, the product and the people that go around all of that. Um, and I developed quite a love for technology, um, which is all around innovation and, and the possibilities uh, around what that can uh, do for all of us. Um, so, you know, I heard about this thing called venture capital, which I don't think I, I knew what it was um, when I was in school. Um, and it was kind of the perfect uh, combination of finance and technology. Um, and so I actually went to go work at a startup before um, going into venture capital and wanted to make sure I enjoyed it and understood what it meant to, uh, to walk in an entrepreneur's shoes. Um, and that was a great uh, learning experience. Um, so I often say, you know, if I was smart enough to be an entrepreneur, that's the only other thing I would do. Um, so the next best thing um, I can do is help them kind of fund um, the next best thing uh, to be invented. So how have you been noticing that maybe the uh, the environment or the landscape has been changing in BC maybe the last little bit? It seems as if we're, we're in an interesting period of time where if you go back 10, 15 years, it's not maybe the same kind of activity. Technology's already existed, but BC has traditionally been maybe a resource-based sort of economy, and we are seeing a shift towards, say, innovation, among other industries too. Yes, we have. Uh, I think that... Um Innovation has always been here um, in, in BC. You know, I um, started in venture here in 2001. 
Um, so the comparing it to the activity from back then, there's a lot more going on, absolutely, in a, in a wider variety of technology areas than back then. I would say back then we were probably mostly strong in pure life sciences, like more biotech and then enterprise software. Um, now there's more of a diversity of, of areas. Uh, I would say um, we were always... Uh, maybe by force because we were not uh, the financial center of Canada. We were not Toronto. Sure. Um, we always had a higher, and I think still to this day, we have a higher, highest percentage of small business than any other province. Yeah, I think there's a PwC report out that pointed that out about British Columbia. It's, yeah. You know, it's very interesting. Yeah. So I think by nature, we tend to be more uh, entrepreneurial in that way. Um, and across even, you know, beyond just technology, we have a lot of great food companies, a lot of great retail and clothing, uh, Lululemon, for example. So, uh, there is something about us here that makes us very, uh, out of the box, uh, thinkers. Uh, so this backbone has always existed. I think today, uh, there's even more startups, there's even more ideas, there's even more talent. You know, people come to Vancouver from all over the world. Um, it's a great place to live, a great place to work. Um, and and today, building a company, you can work from anywhere. I think um, on the other side, however, maybe a, a negative um, is the capital equation mm. is, is not there. Um, you know, when I started, I was at a $400 million fund. Um, that invested just in BC. That that does not exist today. Uh, in total, I think last year, 440 million went into BC um, out of the uh, roughly $4 billion pot um, that went in uh, to venture all over Canada. So actually relative to other provinces, in particular Ontario and Quebec, who have just come up so much more in the last 10, 15 years, we're actually falling a little bit behind on a relative uh, basis. Do you know why that might be, or do you think there's any easy way to kind of figure that out, kind of turn the equation around and get more of that capital in here? Well, or I'm if you did, <laughs> yeah. if you did, I'm sure you'd yeah. be you know, holding that crystal ball all to yourself at this point. But Absolutely. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, no, and I'm trying, um, as as are the other financial partners in BC. So uh, there is no easy answer. Yeah. Um, I, I believe all of Canada is underinvested uh, versus the the U.S. and you know even Israel, for example. So, uh, you know, we have four billion that went into venture last year in Canada versus 130 billion in the U.S. And you know, usually we're just a 10x lower. Um, that's way lower. So all of Canada arguably is underinvested. We uh, fundamentally it is because. Uh, we don't have the base of institutional investors, and by institutional investors, I mean pension funds, foundations, uh, et cetera, that invest in our space, um, that really built up the uh, the vertical, the venture capital industry in the U.S. Uh, they're starting to invest, um, but it's slow, and they'll, you know, often they'll say it's because we're too big, and our, you know, our size check would be an entire size of our fund. Or the the, uh, the returns weren't there, um, but and uh, it becomes a chicken and egg problem. The returns aren't there because they're not investing, and it's a long term investment horizon. But the good news is the returns are there. Um, we are now um, starting to see, and I think we'll soon see some actual uh, return statistics come out for the Canadian venture capital asset class, which shows it um, performs quite well. Um, we'll probably only have maybe five-year returns, um, but as we get longer, that will then compel, I think, uh, those long-term big 
deep-pocketed investors into the space. And that's really what we need uh, to, to change that equation. Um, and then to, for BC in particular, you know, I think the provinces there, Ontario and Quebec, have been on the, on the government side, have been quite supportive of the local industry, whether it's funding of Mars um, in, sure. in Toronto or, or Quebec has been, and, and the Quebec pension plans have been very supportive of the industry. They understand the kind of uh, economic development that is, you know, eventually helps in building new companies, it creates jobs, et cetera. Um, I would say in BC, we haven't been so quite so su- successful with our provincial government, and we hope to help change that. Well, for my own selfish purposes, I'll say that uh, every year I'm on the job uh, covering the tech beat here at Business in Vancouver, it gets more and more interesting, just seeing everything that's coming out of Vancouver. So I'm very excited to see it in the next five years as well. So Maria, on that note, I want to thank you for joining us on the program. Thank you very much. That's Maria Pacella. She is Senior Vice President of Private Equity at Pender Fund Capital Management. And that's it for the show today. We'll be back tomorrow. You can find our archives on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. Share with your friends. It's going to help us reach even more people. For now, I'm Tyler Orton. Thanks for listening.